Welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. Each week, your host, Trisha Stutzel, is highlighting people and organizations in our communities that are serving through volunteer work and giving back to make our community, country, and even the world a kinder place to live. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community podcast. My name is Trisha Stutzel. I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions and the founder of this podcast. I'm really excited about the guest that I have on today. I actually met him through a mutual connection through Lunch Club. If you don't know what that is, you should Google it or reach out and I can describe it to you. But what a great connection I have here with Michael Podolny. And I'm so excited about the project that he's working on called Theodora Africa. He's the CEO and founder. Michael, welcome to Serving the Community. Thanks, Trisha. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited about having you know, you and I had a very, uh, I would call it an excellent conversation just a couple of weeks ago about Theodora Africa and there it's multi-pronged, right? It is um, helpful in so many ways. So can you uh, one, give a little bit of your background because you obviously um, are an expert in this space, right, of building <laughs> businesses, um, but also uh, you're also helping people. So talk about your background and then let's jump right sure. into Theodora Africa. Sure. Thanks, Trisha. So my background is as a uh, business consultant, um, not unlike yourself, Trisha, I spent uh, close to 50 years working with small business, predominantly dealing in exit succession related things. Half of that career was transaction, half of it was helping people to anticipate what they wanted when they were over. And, um, you know, I retired in uh, 2014 and started traveling the world. And the last thing on my mind, in fact, I say it was not only was it at the bottom of the bucket list, it wasn't on any list or it was to do a social impact project in Africa. But God had uh, a way of, you know, deciding what we're going to do. And I ended up in Ghana in 2019, um, and we won't go through the whole long short story, but but through a really a set of I don't know serendipity, fate, God, whatever you want to say it, I got introduced to the issue of uh, how people get caught up in sex work in developing countries, which is not exactly the same as the human trafficking problem which is another whole big thing, et cetera. But it gets more into the fact that there are no opportunities and very misogynist cultures and no social safety net. And so you have this funnel where young women um, just find themselves in a situation where there are very few options available to them. And so they end up doing sex work because it's the only work that you can find. So I was recruited by a person who actually saw this, and this, this was his passion, not my passion, because he felt that there was this incredible opportunity that was being wasted. Okay, so where does this all lead to? So I'm kind of going stream of consciousness here. Let, let's let's put a uh, where we've ended up, and then we can go back into why and how. Where okay, we've ended perfect. up, Trisha, is we have found that the key to creating meaningful change in social circumstances such as disadvantaged women, like sex workers, et cetera, is you have to start with a job opportunity first. You don't start with training. You don't start with social work. You start by saying, what's the exit, the outcome? 
And if you don't have an exit outcome, you're not going to be successful. This is, it took us a couple of years to realize this. We knew it when we, intuitively when we started, but this is really game changing in terms of looking at how we deal with these intractable problems related to getting people out of poverty, et cetera. So what we've done is create a platform which looks for outsourcing service opportunities in developed countries where we can come into a place like Ghana, like Kenya, like wherever, and say, I know exactly how to train you. I know what services you need to provide. I know what things I'm going to have to improve in terms of your speech, your capabilities, your writing, your whatever, in order to be able to sell services to this market, because I know the market in the US or in England or in Germany or wherever that might be. And now I can work backwards and I can be highly, highly focused in terms of how I'm training and developing people. Now, the beauty of this approach is that if you are truly addressing a market need, you're actually helping the country that you're selling the services into. This, this is the, I don't know, I don't know quite how to say this. It, it's kind of like, uh, wow, how could you get like two things at once? So in, in the case of our very first platform company, it's a virtual assistant business specializing in helping solopreneurs individual professionals, et cetera, which is a huge growing number of people. And yet the number of available administrative professionals in the United States has been shrinking over the last, it, it is down like some 50% over 20 years. Mm. And it's anticipated to drop another 9% over the next, you know, you know, seven years or so. And who can afford it? I mean, people are advertising for administrative help now at $25, $30 an hour and can't find people. So like you, Patricia, you've got a very vibrant business. You've got a partner. If you want to get an assistant, do you really want to hire a full-time person at $30 to $40 an hour? Do you really even need that? Right. Maybe not. But to grow your practice, you might say, boy, I wish I could get somebody for $10. I mean, 10 hours a you know, you know, week or 15. Mm -hmm. And if I could get it for $15 an hour, that would be phenomenal. And so that's what we have this opportunity is to create this arbitrage where that $15 an hour in a place like Ghana is middle-class income. Right, yeah, that, that, That's well, kind of what, what we're doing. We're using this market opportunity to create social change. Yeah, and I, you and I had a very uh, <clears throat> colorful conversation, right, about both ends, both ends of that. Yeah. And so it is a two way street where you're giving these women an opportunity um, to have a business, right, to mm -hmm. learn and understand and have a business. And you're also giving opportunity to small business owners in the United States to take advantage of the skills that these women are gaining. I'd like to talk a little bit about um, what's different about your project. And a lot of times we see projects start where somebody comes in and says, well, I'm going to go fix this problem, right? Number oh. one, that's the, that's a big problem, right? I'm going to go fix this. <laughs> right, I'm going right. to go fix this problem. And I'm going to take these people out of the situation that they're in. I'm going to give them some education and release them into the wild, right? <laughs> and you and I talked about how that doesn't 
work. And what's different about your project is number one, you know, what your what skills you're teaching them because you know the job right you know exactly where they're going to go and it's not just about placing them but also about giving them something long term right you're not just educating them and releasing them back into the wild you're giving them hope through this opportunity and and this job right uh that you present to them so talk a little bit about how a little more into that model, right? And what that really means. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, 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 I think you and I joked about this when we had our prior conversation that when I write my history, this will all have been pre, you know, I will have all thought this ahead of time when in fact, that's not what happened at all. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, initially it was, okay, we had this group of women and we thought we were going to do this long training process and COVID forced us to go into a bootstrap mode much faster, but that was a blessing in disguise because it forced us now to really be client and customer focused. So there there are a couple of differentiators you identified as like the last thing we wanted to do is just train them to be potential virtual assistants and then like you say, throw them out into the wild and be among the 10,000 people on Fiverr. You know, that's not going to work. That, that they, Their chances of being successful are going to be very low in that kind of competitive environment. So we identify that having a business that was providing the services where you might have two or three of our people working on a virtual project, where you had project management, where you had consultative selling upfront to determine would give us a significant competitive advantage over the rest of the, uh, the world. Um, because most people you go to who are providing virtual assistant services are either one, you go have to find them yourself, Upwork, Fiverr, et cetera, or you go to an agency which says, oh, I'll give you three people and you choose. And then it's still, you have to train that person. You have to be whatever. It's not an integrated sort of ongoing learning solution. So that was number one, change the basic business model so that we have a larger percentage of, excuse me, people that we can potentially ask as clients because we can answer the client that doesn't know how to use a virtual assistant. That's number one. Number two, was create a very significant environment in which to put people so that you truly promote the change you want to. There was a lot of skepticism among people that I knew in the United States. You're going to take these women who've been on the street, their English is probably poor, they don't have this, and you're going to make them work with professionals. Um, and, And I can understand it. I could understand why they would feel that way. What transpired was that by creating a very specific environment with very specific expectations, example, we told everyone the minute they accept the first payment from us, they are no longer in Ghana. You are in the United States. You are working for a United States company. Here are the people that are going to train you in what you need to know. You need to get this within a month or two, uh, and we know you could do it. There was never any question where we felt that we communicated to them that they couldn't do it. Um, And I, I, like I said, I wish I, I, that I had the foresight of this as opposed to we were dealing with COVID and just like, you know, how are we going to survive? 
but it was really amazing. Um, I have, I'm putting up a YouTube channel now and we have a testimonial from a new manager we hired. And it, it's a wonderful testimonial because she came and she had in this testimonial, I came into this group thinking I was going to have to train these people. What I rather found was I was the one who needed to be trained, that they had advanced so far in learning apps and how to use apps and how to work with a client and being able to even be out and market with people that I was blown away. And that's what happens when you create, I think, a very, very specific environment with expectations and support, you know, mm -hmm. and training, et cetera, is that you can get people to really, you know, jump up dynamically. So then the third differentiator is that this was always intended for us to make this something that the women would own. It was not, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't, I am, but I'm not, this was, I had no desire to own a virtual assistant business. So Theodore Africa as a platform, it creates businesses that the women will own. And Theodore Ghana virtual assistants, which is our first project is the first of that. And then hopefully we will find many other outsourcing opportunities. We'll be able to do the same thing. Yeah, and that was one of the things that really struck me and I've remembered and I've talked to so many people about our conversation just in the last two weeks uh, since we last spoke because I, I love the business model. Uh, and I know I have a lot of business listeners as well here that, you know, small business owners and leaders um, in larger businesses and thinking about the idea of allowing these women to come into the system, giving them the skills necessary, whether it's a language skill or a, a technical skill, uh, and teaching them how to present themselves to the client and speak to the client and be, you know, a good partner in their business. That's number one. Number two, teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. That's huge. And you're also giving small business owners in the United States the opportunity to have someone come help them. In all of the years that I've been working with small business owners, one of the first things that I tell them is get help, right? Mm -hmm. Outsource that, delegate that, stop doing the things that you don't like, stop doing the things that are time consuming and hire someone to do it. And I love that you're able to build something inside the business where our small business owners can take advantage of it, right? Uh, at, at a reasonable cost, right? Yeah, Trish, you know, one of them, the magical things that happened and was that I didn't anticipate was the powerful effect that an American small business person has on a young woman who has been basically looked down upon, spat upon, you know, her whole life um, and how this transforms both parties. Because what happens is that our typical small business person is very egalitarian. You know, they don't sit there and say, oh, please call me Miss, you know, that's all. You know, they say, um, you know, you say, no, call me Trish. All right. You know, we deal on this first name basis. We, we don't look down upon people. We do expect people to do the work, but that's, that's different, that, that accountability piece. Well, to these young women, this is like the most powerful addictive drug you can imagine. Like respect is just like 
I, I don't know quite how to explain it, but our people become so attached to our clients and they want the clients, therefore, to succeed. They take this ownership attitude that, okay, you need to get this done. I'm going to call you. I'm going to stay on top of this. We're going to talk this through. We're going to find these things up that you don't get with an awful lot of administrative help when you hire them in the United States. And what this creates, and we have testimonials from this from our clients, is this marvelous thing where the client is saying, like, I don't have just somebody who's doing work. I have somebody who cares about me. And since I'm a solopreneur, that's hard to put a value on, to have somebody there who really is interested in my success. Yeah, um, becoming a team, right? How neat is that? I, I love that. And I love that it's really making a difference on both sides of the coin. So let's jump into, as we approach the end of the show, how can people get involved? What are you looking um, for help with on both sides? Uh, you know, whether it's on the VA side or even small business owners, I know can mm -hmm. actually get involved here too. So how can people get involved, Michael? Great. Thanks, Trish. There are two ways that we can get involved. One is on our actual, the business that we've launched, Theodora Ghana Virtual Assistance. And um, we are just looking for clients. I mean, it, it's just uh, that simple. We like to say that you could donate money and feel good about it, but wouldn't it be nicer to get some services that actually help you and create the same benefit as a donation? So if somebody has an interest, they can contact me um, my, at michael at .com, also at our website, uh, which is Theodora Africa. So there's two A's there, <laughs> .com. Um, and you can you know, go into the comments section. I will also give the email address of our actually business development person in Ghana, a phenomenal young woman named Mary Fiadesi. And it's I Mary vpa at gmail.com so that's i mary vpa at gmail.com um so and we actually have a process you don't have to know what you need we actually have something where you know it's kind of like 20 questions where we'll go through and we'll talk to you and we'll let you get an idea where we think where you could use help and where we might be able to help etc um the second thing that we're in need of is that we are looking to take test this platform for scalability. So we're in the process of putting together a social impact investment um, program. We're looking for about a half a million dollars. Um, we're getting our pitch deck put together. We're, you know, what we will do is we'll spin off Theodore Ghana Virtual Assistance as its own for-profit entity, and we will be putting the capital there. Um, because um, I think you and I talked about lean impact, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm a tremendous believer. You don't scale until you really, really have tested everything, and we don't have everything tested in terms of a model that can be. Accredited. We're going to be doing a, a crowdfunding platform. We don't have that put together, but any donation you make, and that is also through our website. All right, is essentially like venture capital that goes into the funding of this particular um operation but if people are looking at more something more significant and would like to do are involved with social impact investing they can contact me uh directly 
Okay, perfect. And Michael, I'll put all of the contact information in the show notes so folks can just uh, point and click. It makes it a lot easier to get where they need to go. So really looking for folks to get involved with. And I know Theodora Ghana Virtual Assistance TGVA, so you may see that TGVA out there uh, is the service that's provided to small businesses. And then Theodora Africa is the project, right, Right. Uh, where you're um, actually working with these women. Michael, 15 minutes. 20 minutes is not near long enough for a a conversation about this project. I love what you're doing. I think it is significant both to the women that you're helping and empowering and educating and allowing them to grow and even have their own businesses in, in Ghana and also to our small business owners here to have something like that affordable right where they can have a team member on board whether it's 10 hours a week or 40 hours a week thank you so much for being uh with me on the show today i i just love that i met you i'm so excited (laughs) that lunch club produced some networking i don't know how i was really reluctant about lunch club but it it's worked for me and i hope that we can uh push some people uh to your project and get you some of the help trish i'd like to make one closing remark if i might Go um, for you know, the, the problem of unemployment is like a cancer in the developing world. And despite decades of investment and billions and trillions of dollars spent, nothing has happened. But I truly believe that this program has the kind of potential and scalability. And I'm not because you look at the number of solopreneurs and things, there's like 23 million in the United States. You look at the number of people doing sex work. I mean, we could have a thousand people working, all right? And we would not have even measurable market share. Um, It has that kind of potential impact. And each one, every time they hire one of our assistants, we're putting a person on the road to a middle-class income, to ownership, we're creating export income for Ghana, we're improving our own business environment. There just aren't that many things out there that have this kind of leverage. So think about that when you think about, eh, do I want an assistant? I don't know, that's hard. Give us a call. That's awesome. Michael, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Trish, it's been a pleasure. And that concludes this week's podcast, Serving the Community. 